Kids can be challenging, but they're precious gifts from God. And as we celebrate Mother's Day today, I'm not going to focus on you today, but I want to talk to everyone about how God sent an angel one day to visit a young teenager who lived in the city of Galilee or named Nazareth and broke the news to her that she was to become a mother. There were great questions in her life. I'm drawing this from Luke chapter 1 this morning. I'm just going to paraphrase the scripture. We're going to have a short message so everybody can get the lunch on time today. But an angel, Gabriel, visited this teenager, and he broke the news to her. He said, you're about to become a mother. And she, being engaged, she said, but how can these, be, these things be? Because I don't know a man. I've never been involved sexually with any man. And the angel said unto her, I'm here to tell you that God has sent me, and he wants me to tell you that you're highly favored of the Lord. And you're blessed among all women. And the scripture in Luke chapter 1 verse 29 says, Mary was very troubled at that news that the angel had brought her. Let me ask you this morning, Mom, have you ever heard troubling news? Maybe not of, in that sort, but other sorts. You've had troubling news and there were moments that you didn't have the answer. Mary in her troubling moment uh, began to ponder on the thought of what the angel had brought her by way of news. And, and, the, and, and the angel says to her, Mary, don't be afraid. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. And I can tell you, all moms have a season in their life when fear tries to, to rob us of our victory of, of serving as mom in our, in our family. There's even days when a dad is troubled and fear tries to knock at his door when things all of a sudden happen and we're totally unprepared for it. But I'm so glad that God still sends his angels and he gives them charge over us every day of our life. And we're not traveling this journey alone. When God is for us, who can be against us? And the great promise that God has given us today, Mom, is this. I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'm here to finish the race with you. As, I, as, as Mary pondered on these words, uh, the angel continued to talk to her. And he said, you're going to conceive as any normal woman, and you're going to bring forth a son, and we'll call him Jesus. Every Christmas, we celebrate the birthday of, of Jesus. But you know, we've it, very, very seldom do we just take a time and ponder on how he got here. Sometimes we fail to ask questions like little Johnny was asking his mom and dad. But I think about how great the Lord is to us. I think about the humble beginnings of the life of Jesus. I think about how he came into this world. His, the word came into this world and became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was his name. His name was called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And as parents today, we live in a, in a time like we've never lived before. I think there's more things on television today for our children to watch than we ever were uh, uh, watching or being a part of when we were teenagers. Time has just taken its toll and things are changing. But I can tell you something. We have a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who always looks at opportunities to walk into our life and bless us and help us and strengthen us. And in the journey of life as parents, there are times when we struggle with everything that's coming our way. We look at some families, they just seem never to have a challenge. And then there's some families that just seems like they wake up to a challenge every day. No matter what 
family we may fit into, I'm glad today to know that we have a Savior, one who allows us to face the circumstances of the world and know that he's got the answer for every dilemma. There's nothing like having parents that know how to pray, that knows how to ask God's blessing on their children, that knows how to apply strength and courage through the living word of God as they share God's word with their children. And in the journey, we, we do our best to train up a child in the way that it, it, they should go. We have the Bible, the living word. It's a lamp unto our feet. It's a light to our pathway. We have the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. And aren't you glad, moms and dads, that the spirit of truth always prevails in our heart? And growing up in the parsonage, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have a telephone. We didn't have telephone in places where we live. We didn't have a television. But you know, it's amazing how we made it. I just don't know how we got this far without all of those things. But in the journey of life, day by day, we see things changing. The electronic world changes by the hour. Our life many times changes. If you look in the mirror today, you won't see the person that you saw maybe 20, 30, or 40 years ago. But inside of us, we're still the man who's struggling or the lady who's struggling to do everything we can to stay on, on top and to face the circumstances and the trials of our faith and enjoy the blessed hope that God has given us as moms and dads. I found a, a list of IOUs about moms that I want to share with you in the message this morning, which applies to all mothers all over the country, all of which are overdue. Now I want you to stop and think about the, the priceless value of the one who made life possible for you. My mother gave birth to five children. My sister was the oldest of five. She had a five-year jump on four boys. After five years of being the baby of the family, she had to begin to share as I one morning showed up at the White House. Two years later, my younger brother, Ronnie, showed up, and I found out what it was not to be called the baby of the house. Two years later, he found out what it was not to be the baby of the house as my brother David came along. Two years later, the honoriest youngest brother came along, and Don was the icing on the cake. And he could get by with murder. I, I've wondered, and I, I've often wondered why that I wasn't the baby. I didn't know you could get by with murder. Oh, not quite that strong, but I didn't know you could get by with the things that he got by with. But you know what? God orders our steps, and we're here because God has a plan for our life, and he's given us a mother to give us guidance and direction, and a dad that knows how to be the head of the house. As we walk through the Museum of Memories this morning, I want you to think with me for just a few moments. I owe it to you, Mom, for the nine months of free rent you gave me before I was able to cry. I owe it to you, Mom, for the example and consistent and dependable service and love that you extended to me as I made my journey and began with you. I owe you, Mom, for your support of stimulating and challenging me and encouraging me and correcting me as I began my life in your home. I owe it to you, Mom, for the humor and the spark and the quick 
uh, and the excellent spirit that you were able to share with me when I was one of the most cheap, mischievous children in the house. I owe it to you, Mom, for your counsel, wise and quiet, but yet stern. I owe it to you, Mom, for the humility. It was genuine, and it was gracious. I owe it to you, Mom, for your hospitality, your smiling, and your warm face, even though I knew that that deserved more respect than I was giving. I owe it to you, Mom, for your insight. Before I acted, you could read the, my life like the newspaper, and yet you were very keen and honest with me in growing up. I owe it to you, Mom, because I saw you very flexible when coming home from a day, from a day at school with your busy schedule and my schedule that I need to, to allow you to share with me. You became flexible by laying aside the chores of the home and taking me to the places I need to go and sharing with me the finances to do what I needed to do to finish the day. Patient, but joyful. I owe it to you, Mom, for the sacrifice, numerous and quickly forgotten, even though I knew that you had told me to make my bed each day, to keep my room tidy, and yet, morning by morning, I was reminded when I left my room that there were pop cans and containers in the floor that I had, had, not, had not had time to clean up. I write to you, Mom, for your love, not only your devotion and your, your deep kindness, but for being the mom that you have been to my life. I love you, Mom. I owe you, Mom, for not being one of the 60 million uh, ladies who have had abortion and aborted their baby. Mom, I couldn't be here without you. We live in a world today of change. I'm grateful for the change. I'm grateful for the things that we enjoy. I'm grateful for, for the life that we're able to live. I'm, I'm grateful that we can get on an airliner and be across our country in, in just hours. I'm grateful for the great food that we enjoy. I'm grateful for all the conveniences. After all, if I could roll back a few years, I could tell you the first house we lived in was not modern. There was a little building on the alley called the outhouse. How many outhouse people do we have in the building? There was something unusual about the first outhouse that we had. We had an old Sears and Roebuck catalog and a Montgomery Ward, and I could do more shopping at the outhouse than I could anywhere. There was no toilet tissue that day. You used the page in the catalog that you'd already looked at and wouldn't need to look at it again. The outhouse that I visited was quite different. My dad made the new one when we moved to the, our, our first home where my dad began his pastoral duties. Why in the world our outhouse would be this way, I'll never know, but it was a trap for my life. In the center of the root ceiling of our outhouse, which was strictly lumber, was a knot hole. And there was a way to put a ladder up behind the outhouse so you could do some mischievous things to your younger brothers. The hardest spanking I ever got was when I allowed water to be poured down through that knot hole and my brother ran to the house with water dripping from his ears. 
The days of the outhouse are gone today. Aren't you glad for it? Precious memories, how they never linger. And to the younger generation, let me tell you, we always look forward to Halloween. However, Brother Clever lived down the block. And the outhouse we always tipped over on Halloween was a trap that year. He had moved that outhouse four foot into the yard. The alley was dark. And you can guess where we landed when we walked up to the back of that outhouse. Precious memories. How they linger. On and on, the stories could go. One day, one day, there was a well in the back of the yard, in, in the backyard, just six foot from the, the east edge of the new parsonage or the old parsonage we moved into. It, the house needed some building, so my dad extended a room to the east, and he enclosed the well where it, we had a pitcher pump. And you never drank the last cup of water from the bucket because you were going to need it to prime the pitcher pump. My dad built this house with the cabinets where that, that pipe would come right up where the, the, the sink belonged. And we had running water in the White House for the first time. It was a glorious day. We didn't have to go outside to winter. We just made sure that we had enough water to prime the pump and we could have running water. Time has come and gone. Days, some people call good days, are history for me. The good old days may have had some good, but it also had some living experiences that we will never forget. Life changes, contrary to many people's opinion. Even our church world has changed. Our lives have changed, our children have changed, and we're living in a changing world today. But I can tell you of one who never changes, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. He came to this world for one purpose. He had a heart of love. And I believe that he started his love engagement with Adam and Eve and he, as he put them in the most beautiful place that he could put them. And then he allowed them to reproduce our country. And today it's because of God's plan that we're all here but the Bible says that this life is here, we're here only for a season. Our life is like a vapor, it's here today and gone tomorrow. It's like a cloud that appears for a season and then it's gone away. But I can assure you one thing, God has placed us all here for a purpose. My mom said in this auditorium before she passed on to be with Jesus, she said in the uh, always said on, on, on my left side, and I could always tell by the look of mom when she was putting her approval on what was being said. She didn't like for me to dig into history too well. History wasn't always good in my mother's childhood days. Her dad had had a heart attack when she was very young. On Christmas of the year of 1941, the year that I came into this world, he toppled over an open fireplace and his body was badly burned in that Christmas day. My mom one day was sharing with me the history about how Grandpa had went into eternity without the Lord because of a heart attack. But my mother used that as a stepping stone, not as a stumbling block. 
She used it because she realized and she knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that she needed to train five children in the way that they should go. My mother had no place to send my dad's white shirts for her ironing. She ironed them all. She kept my dad ready for the ministry, and then in her spare time, she spent with her children in preparing us for the life that was ahead. But I can tell you something this morning. My mother knew that what Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 meant. When she would read it, she, it would say, And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God, to all who are called according to his purpose. She put great, she put great emphasis on the word of God. We had Bible reading of the morning. We had Bible reading before we would go to bed at night. And I can still remember the times when I was affected by a horrible earache in an early childhood days. I can still remember when I was small enough that my mother would set me on her lap and pour some hot olive oil in that ear that was so burdened with pain. And then she'd take a clean piece of cotton and, and softly put it in that ear. And then she would have me lay across her lap and she would sing me to sleep. Those were days that I didn't think I would ever remember. But there's times when we pause in life and like little Johnny, we've asked ourselves, how did I get here? Let me answer that. With God's help, we got here. With God's help, he gave us the parents that we have enjoyed through the journey of life. With God's help, we've had the strength to face the hour that we're facing today. Though tired and weary, my mother knew what Philippians 4, 19 said. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his divine riches and glory. My mother knew how to scramble eggs, and, and then after she would scramble those eggs, she knew how to t take spam and chop it up real fine and make some of the greatest sandwiches that we've ever lived on. And then there was a day when the spam ran out, and she would take Vienna sausage, the little cans that only cost 10 cents, and she would take that after scrambled eggs, and she would mash those, that meat up in the, in the scrambled eggs, and she could make one of the best scrambled egg sandwiches I ever ate. The only thing that she put on my plate that I refuse to even look at today, and that's called gravy. I hate gravy. And the days that I was a child, you didn't leave the table until the plate was clean. My mother made some of the best gravy after she'd fry the chicken, she'd leave a, about that much grease in her black skillet, and she would pour the ingredients in to make it gravy in the grease and the chicken crumbs. And my, we didn't fill our own plate. There was five of us children. We passed our plate around, and our parents put exactly what they wanted on our plate. As that gravy would get cold, the grease would rise to the top. And the colder it got, the thicker it got, except for the grease on top. My dad was the genius when he would take a slice of bread and he would crumble it up in bite-sized pieces. And he would watch and he would say, you're not leaving the table until you eat the gravy. It was child abuse. 
that wad of bread and that gravy would get right here. That's the reason I'm really large right here. I, I threw up every, every bite of gravy I ever ate. I was so glad the day that I, over, I got old enough to fill my own plate. And the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive, and I could give that gravy to anyone in the family. And while they enjoyed eating gravy, I enjoyed the fact that I could give it away. Kids can be challenging, but the most they're the most precious gift that God can give us. And today, as we celebrate Mother's Day, I want to say thank you, Mom. Thank you, Mom, for caring enough to tell us the truth. Thank you, Mom, for teaching us how to sit at the table, even though we were the last at the table. When the evangelist would come and his wife, they usually got the best bedroom, and they got to eat first at the table. We were told we, our, our meal would come after the evangelist and his wife had had lunch with my parents. It was a brain scrambler the day that I realized that some people let their children eat first. And I would say, there's something wrong with this. And inwardly, I was saying, those kids are privileged characters. But in all those things, my mother was still my mom when God called her home. One day after, after my mom was very healthy, she was a teddy bear to my mom and dad. I loved to watch them. They would hug each other and they would kiss each other. And I'd say, yuck! Not knowing the real meaning of what was going on. One day my mother entered the nursing home weighing 165 pounds. And Ronnie picked up what was left of her of 60-some pounds when my mother passed on. My mother had learned to make four boys' shirts out of flower sacks, and we thought they had came from Dillard's. We were so proud. My dad didn't have 50 cents to send us to the barber shop, so he would take a, 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 a two- or three-gallon galvanized pan and he would sit in the high set it in the high chair and my dad could take an hour cutting our hair and that hair would get down behind the 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 tea towel that mom dried, dried dishes with and we'd itch and we'd scratch and we'd say dad haven't you cut enough hair and he always gave us understanding i'm the barber you're the customer when i say it's over it's over One day I became 15 years of age, and Dad says, I'm through, I'm retiring. You'll have to go to the barber shop. And by then, my dad had really, he'd, he could give a good haircut. After all, he had four boys to, to practice on every two weeks. And I said, Dad, Dad, that's going to be expensive. He said, not to me. It's time to go to the barber shop. One day, Mom says, she put the Singer sewing machine up, and she says, my sewing days are over. And I realized at that time how hard mom had worked to make life worth living. She fought a good fight. She stayed on course. She was mom all the days of my life. And one day she heard the voice from heaven saying, well done, mom. You've poured your heart into five kids you fought a good fight, you've kept the faith, 
your course is finished. Welcome home. And my mom went home to be with the Lord. It was a day of celebration. She'd worked hard. She'd done without so that we would have what we had. She'd paid the price. She'd made my dad look good while he, when he would go. My dad was a great orator. He was a great minister. He studied. He prayed. And he could go somewhere every night. And, and revivals didn't last two or three services. They last three or four weeks in those days. And my dad saw many people come to the Lord. But one day, my dad went home to be with Jesus. And he, too, was a great example most of the time. But aren't you glad this morning that we can say to our Heavenly Dad, our Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me so great a salvation, so rich and so free. Would you bow your head in prayer? Lord, we're so grateful today for the plan of life. We're so grateful today that we can honor our moms in this morning service. I'm so grateful that I had a mom that knew how to pray. In moments when dad was gone and ministering to the large congregations, my mom could touch heaven as she prayed. And when mom prayed, heaven visited the White House where we lived. Many times it was just a simple, very simple house. But that did not hinder the presence of the Lord. When we were challenged with things beyond our ability to take care of, mom and dad knew how to pray. Today, we're so grateful that those, those precious memories linger in our lives. When we were sick, we had no doctor to go to, but my dad knew that you were the great physician. And you said you were touched by the feeling of our infirmities. And I can still hear my dad say, Lord, you're in the healing business today and I have a sick son that needs healing and I need you to show up at our house and I release the power of healing on my child today and I'm believing that you're a prayer answering God and there was something about your prayer dad that not only brought healing but it brought spiritual strength to our lives I pray today as we continue the journey of life that we'll take a moment and in our own lives we'll visit the museum of precious memories and I pray that everyone here can have at least some precious memories of their childhood days. As we take inventory of the parents that we had, as we take inventory of the life, no matter how simple it may have been, Lord, you chose our own mom and dad, and you put us in the home that we enjoyed, and you, give us, you gave us all an opportunity to enjoy life. I pray this morning for each mom. I pray for each dad who's here this morning. And I pray the Lord today, uh, today, Lord, that you would just energize each one. You said, come unto me all either are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If there are those here this morning that's heavy hearted, if there are those here that's really going through the trial of their faith. Holy Spirit, I release you to minister to them today. I ask you to touch them in a mighty way. May they be refreshed and renewed knowing that there's somebody who cares. We have a heavenly Father that knows all things. We give all the praise and the glory to you for the greatness of God and the things you have done for us. 
and the things you have in store. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen.